0: I went down and watched the um, Ireland game at Lords a couple of weeks ago, and you think, "Oh, England are really good. They, they're going to this. This new Test series coming up, that's going to be fantastic." You know, when we get into the Ashes, and then of course you meet the Australians, and it's uh, a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been following it?
1: Yeah, I I never really followed cricket. My son, my oldest son, he's, he's eleven. He's really, he's, really got, he's really got into cricket in the last mm-hmm. two in the last couple of years and he's got me into it he's got me excited I know, right? and I've been following the Ashes too so he's like a hawk he's not quite addictive way. once you start yeah, throwing yeah, the yeah, score yeah.
0: ticking up and you think five days disappears it's exciting
1: in a it, uh, and it's excitement that, that lasts yeah, it's, you Ooh, know, five, day, five yeah. days or whatever I, I, and there is something also something extremely relaxing about radio cricket commentary
0: yeah it's, it's very good it, isn't it it's very it's special yeah, yeah, a British yeah, exactly. institution
1: <laughs> so uh, I've, I've been listening to that I'm, I'm a keen cyclist as well so with, with the tournament
0: so. oh yeah lots on at once yeah, yeah well talking about good radio maybe we should do a good podcast yeah okay Hello and welcome again to the SME Growth Podcast from Wellmeadow. We try to come up with different subjects each week to help SME business owners with the growth of their businesses, and sometimes we invite guests in, and we're lucky enough today to have uh, a guest. So hello, Ewan. Hello, Bent, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming in. Uh, Today's subject is going to be a mixture of growing a business, starting up a business, helping other businesses to grow. And also, all with an angle on zero carbon, which is your area of expertise. Yeah. So I'm fascinated to hear a bit more about that over the next half an hour or so. But why don't we start with a quick introduction of you, who you and Bent is, where do you come from, what have you done?
1: Thank you. Uh, so my name's is and Bent. My current company is the Clean Tech Business Group. Uh, I've been um, an advocate and enthusiast for sustainability uh, and environmental protection right back to my uh, teenager. Um, when I went went to see Jonathan Porritt, who was the founder of Friends of the Earth, as mm-hmm. a teenager, he came to our town hall to speak, uh, and that really inspired me. Uh, so that inspired me through my, my my education degree in environmental technology, and right the way through my career, which is now thirty plus years. I wonder if uh, he realizes the
0: the impact he had from that.
1: I I don't know. I would like to think maybe maybe he be does. Lots of he right doesn't know me. But I know. <laughs> That's great, though, isn't it? To think that someone
0: from one speech has managed to influence your choice of degree and career, and it's gone on and blossomed.
1: Yeah, liver I mean, many this, years. this is the 1980s. There, was, there was there were oil spills. Um, oh. The ozone depletion was starting to be, become a thing. People yeah. were starting to talk about global warming. Um, oh. And in, I grew up in the southeast of England. Um, uh, and in the southeast, a lot of the green spaces we used to play on as children were being built on. Mm. Uh, and, that, and that affected me. It, you know, we would we, turn up to a field we used to play in and there were bulldozers on it. So that's kind of where all that started from. That's interesting. Uh, then. So from that, obviously, uh, from that position of being very passionate about it, rather than
0: just being a, an activist or an interested bystander, you, you threw yourself into it. You made a career out of this. And you had early businesses that were very much along this line.
1: Yeah, um, uh, I, I started out um, uh, uh, doing, doing various things from uh, monitoring pollution from landfill sites, moved to Shropshire, um, to, to the county council, started doing energy surveys and energy reductions for schools, for example, and, and public buildings. I took an interest in a what was then a very new concept of wood-fueled heating. Mm-hmm. So we're not talking about logs on your kitchen stove. We're talking about automated boilers that can heat a school or hospital or a factory using wood chips. That inspired me. I went to Austria for a a trip uh, and saw how it was developed in Austria. Came back uh, really enthused for Are they the thought leaders in it then, the Austrians? The Central Europeans, Scandinavians, essentially. Um, Is it wood pellets? Do they actually extrude the wood? It's wood chips or wood wood pellets. Now, you think of Austria. um, They don't have indigenous gas. They don't have indigenous oil. But they've got a lot They're of a trees. company that always have to export energy, but they have yeah. a lot of this natural resource, yeah. which is why they are are, are and were mm-hmm. the leaders. Am yeah. um, I
0: right in thinking we import quite a bit of wood chip from America? No. Ah, is that where's that urban myth come we,
1: from? Uh, it's come from Panorama and the, and the program about Drax Power Station. So Drax Power Station is, is a former coal-fired power station in New Yorkshire, mm. which is half converted to biomass. And yes, that does come from uh, North America. The wood pellets come from North America. Right. My business was predominantly making wood chips um, for fuel uh, in, like I said, public buildings, hotels, nursing homes, from farmhouses. From um, locally sourced From locally sourced wood. So uh, wood chip um, would going to a business in Shropshire would be grown in Shropshire. Oh,
0: okay, that's quite a good, compelling...
1: Um, uh, t- typically 20, 30 miles from the woodland to the depot where we'd process the fuel and then another... Is that unusual? The
0: people providing it that can claim that provenance.
1: No, no. I mean, it's the, what uh, people uh, do. Uh, uh, we were the first in the country to do it, um, but our model was was has been replicated. Okay. So well, it makes I mean, sense, doesn't it? There's not enough value in hmm. wood chip to to warrant transporting them further because of the transport costs. So it has to for the for the economics to work. Yeah, it has to be local. So your
0: first <laughs> business was in this. You did that as a startup. You took that, that was from a, absolute scratch.
1: A startup. Uh, I scraped together some savings. Um, Started a business. Um, what did you need? You need capital equipment? Actually we need needed a lot of capital equipment. Uh, we needed a hoofing great big specialist wood chipper, mm-hmm. which came from Austria. Right. We got some grant support for that. Right. Um, we needed specialist delivery vehicles to to blow the wood chips, just in the same way that an oil tank will deliver oil into a tank. Yeah, We needed, and uh, worked with a company in the east of England to develop a, wood chip tanker right all very expensive all very specialist yeah. um and you
0: grew that from nothing to to what sort of size
1: uh about 3.3 million um impressive isn't it yeah 30, local, local supply yeah uh, well local um it, it, uh, we, we started in in telford um and ultimately 200 around about 200 strong customer base from uh lancashire down to the cotswolds sort of area a bit into mid-wales and across to the east midlands
0: and how many people were involved in in that business
1: uh, I think we had 11 employees. Ultimately, oh, right. so it's
0: quite like a process industry. It's quite high turnover per person. Yeah. type of ratios. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It, it, it's it's bulk handling. Yeah. Of, of, so of that in goals. itself
0: is a great growth story. You know, what do you think were your biggest challenges as you went through that journey? I don't know how many years you're talking about. That. Uh,
1: well, that that was over 11 years. Um, the challenges were um, uh, the capital cost of the stuff we were um, of, of the equipment we yeah, needed. Uh, but also cash flow. So this this is a heating fuel. Um, so as a heating fuel, um, around about 70% of our annual turnover happened in about six months of the year. In the colder months, yeah. Um, the process of manufacturing the wood, the wood chip fuel, um, you can imagine when a tree is standing up, um, it's more than half water. Mm-hmm. We need to deliver a chip. Uh, a chipped fuel which is around about 20 25% water. Now in the process at the time of doing that was simply stack the timber up outside. over, o- a year over or a two. summer. <laughs> well no, no less than that. It's g- generally over a summer. Okay. um to dry it down from 50% moisture content water content to below 30% water content. Okay. So our cash flow challenge was buying lots of timber and stock in the spring and the summer sitting and looking at it for six months of the year ready to sell in the winter so cash flow was always always a huge challenge um uh, probably something people don't really recognize
0: that 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 need do you have to buy the stock in and then just leave it there dormant? You can't be doing that. And and
1: as the business grows, it grows year on year, that challenge becomes even greater. Yeah, of course. Because the capital... So how did you finance that? Did you invoice discounting
0: or did you just have lots of cash flow loans or just lots of reinvestment?
1: Um, We had inward investment from from high net worth individuals who saw the opportunity. It was mostly equity rather than debt. Yeah, in in this business. Um, We were able to get uh, debt financing on the... On the equipment, the yeah. lorries, yeah, the, the, um, finance, the, the, the yeah. chippers, um, with some element of grant funding. So that wasn't a challenge, but it was it was the cash flow. Yeah, um.
0: well, that's a fascinating story. That I want to come on then to the clean tech business group, which is the business that you run now. And mm-hmm. That's uh, a very different type of business. That's not supplying product at all. That's now supplying advice and advocacy and so on. So tell me a bit about where that came from. How old is that?
1: Well, that's. Um to 2021, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that came about really with from, from, from me um, taking my experience uh, of starting, growing and exiting a small business, um, and applying that knowledge and experience to other entrepreneurs, specifically in the clean tech, low-carbon space, right. helping them, uh, helping them take their idea and Commercialise their idea.
0: The first bit then was helping smaller businesses, start-ups, even yep. in the zero carbon
1: or, or it, carbon exactly. reduction o- space. entrepreneur. Well, scientists, engineers, clever people who have a climate tech solution but haven't got the business skill to commercialise it.
0: All ah, right. So it started with that as your target customer but it's grown yeah. since you
1: it's grown since so so that that element of the work is still um still so busy still very very interesting some mm. very clever people out there doing oh, something it must be fascinating really yeah. is absolutely fantastic and potentially frustrating at the same time where a
0: cr- cracking idea you just can't quite get
1: it to market it is hard the the challenges are financing businesses in that very early stage mm-hmm. seed financing mm. early stage finance very very hard to do um
0: do you rely on angel investors and altruists more than hard-nosed business people?
1: Yeah, it's it's people it's individuals who who can see who can share the yeah, vision. Um yeah. thankfully there is also um it's regional, um, so it's not universal across country. There is public support, public okay. grant support to help businesses do this. Yeah. Um, and that was where some of our costs were covered, but because local authorities Chambers of Commerce, they see the value in nurturing a low carbon economy within their county or within their region. They see it as an opportunity for the region or for the county. So it could be local government led or policy led. A lot, a lot of that support is is exactly lo- local government led. Yeah, and you hear a bit about uh, carbon offsetting and
0: schemes and so on, where you can offset your plane flight or whatever or your factory emissions. Do you have startups trying to tap into that stream of funding?
1: Not so much. Um, we could have a whole conversation right, about carbon dead, offsetting. Dead, it's it's a big rabbit hole to 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 to, to go down, um, but no is the answer. We're we're we we're, we're engaged with the people who've got the actual technology solutions. Yes.
0: So we've got the startups that you are supporting. What do you do for existing companies then? SMEs well, it, especially.
1: Increasingly, SMEs are seeing the opportunity here. Mm. Um, they're either seeing the opportunity or they're being mandated to address carbon. Yeah. Um, So that is increasingly the the other half of our business activity is working with the general SME community um, across the country um, in helping them understand and measure their carbon footprint and helping them implement strategies for reducing it to zero. So without being cynical about it, what's the split there for those
0: that want to do the right thing and reduce their carbon footprint for all sorts of reasons, I'm sure? and those that just see it as a pure and simple cost-saving initiative? What's the balance, do you
1: think? Uh, probably 50-50. Oh, ah, interesting. Um, okay. we, we are increasingly seeing a generation... Well, no, it's not necessarily a generational thing. Certainly the, the younger generation, and there's there's evidence to to, to and, and studies to, to back this up, the younger generation take climate... Sustainability, biodiversity, very much more seriously than in the older generation. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's evidence, it's not my opinion. There's survey there, responses. It's, it's, it's yeah. fact. But having said that, we still see um, business owners from all generations, all backgrounds, all walk, walks of life actually want to do the right thing, um, which is fine. But that's not going to get the country to where it needs to be. Right. It's
0: not um, enough of a driver. It's
1: not enough of a driver.
0: Because I was going to ask you for SMEs in particular, what's the business problem you're solving? You know, To get the attention of an MD, to even have a conversation, you usually have to have some sort of, you know, I can solve this problem for you. So how, the, do, you, how do you express that? The,
1: the, the, the pressing business problem is the cost to businesses of energy. We're, we've all seen it in our businesses, in our homes. Especially over the last cars. year, 18 months. Yeah. Over the last 18 months, it's, it's a massive cost. And actually, if you cut energy use, you cut carbon. They are the same thing, uh, it, it's, it's a, essentially. So energy cost, energy use, the cost of waste disposal, the cost of process inefficiency mm. are problems. The opportunity... So that, that's, that's addressing the problem. What we take to business owners who don't necessarily appreciate that sustainable businesses, um, businesses which have strong sustainability track records, which have, can be seen to be doing stuff and having ambitious targets, have massive opportunity in the market. They are the progressive businesses. They're seen by their customers. They're seen by their staff as being progressive um and the 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 businesses which don't engage in this process um will wither uh, and increasingly be seen as as dinosaur businesses no, over I've, the next 10 to 15 years
0: you can imagine that and I, I suppose it may even be faster than that we'll come on to some of the other sort of other benefits of doing this later on but i was interested in a blog i saw you write recently about the fact i would have thought people doing that a company doing that would have half an eye on the marketing benefit the, yeah. the aura that they can create from doing the right thing. Not just the cost reduction bit, but we're doing the right thing for the planet and they should say being attractive for all sorts. But you wrote a blog recently
1: on almost the opposite effect that you call green hushing. Yeah. What, what's that? Green hushing. We, we come across all the time businesses who've done really good stuff. For example, in the last couple of months, a, uh, a horticultural business uh, in Worcestershire. They've really, really gone to town with solar panels on on the on the mm-hmm. on the on the warehouses, really, but they don't tell the customers about it. They're doing really good stuff, and they're going to do more—not just solar PV. They're going to going to do more, but they don't tell the customers about it. For for them, for that business owner, it's a business decision. Right, it's, it, putting solar panels on the roof is a better place to put cash than it is. Put it in the bank. So it was a clear and simple investment. That was the best. This is a good investment. This is a better investment than keeping that cash in the bank. They don't necessarily connect that with actually we've done the right thing or we're doing the right thing. We're cutting carbon. We, we are being a green business. So they don't necessarily make that connect. And when they do, they don't necessarily know how to communicate it. Right. Um, they don't either think to communicate it or know how to communicate it. Um, and partly because... Uh, and this comes on to carbon reporting, they don't know necessarily what they've done, how that fits into their, how it's impacting their overall carbon footprint. Mm. So they know they're saving carbon by doing this thing, whether it's insulating or solar people or putting LED lights in, lights, uh, but they don't know what impact that's had on that carbon footprint because they haven't measured the carbon footprint before they did that, and they still haven't measured it and afterwards. That's something you can help companies do. So, so they, they don't know how to talk about it. They don't know the numbers behind it behind what, what is the benefit. They just know generally it's the right done. thing to do, and it saves them it's money. the money. Right, and it's a, simply, it's a good return on, on investment, um, particularly given the cost of energy over the last... Yeah, that's exaggerated. Over the last two years, exactly.
0: So you mentioned carbon reporting there, and something that I was quite surprised to find mm-hmm. out, that there are... That maybe it's an ignorance I shouldn't have had this blind spot, but there's a mandated level of carbon reporting for a certain size of company. Where, where does that kick in, where companies have to report their Well,
1: there's there's two elements to that. Um, around about two years ago, the Cabinet Office decreed that um, uh, businesses tending for public sector contracts or frameworks, so for example, MOD, NHS, even a county council, uh, over a certain value, the value is 5 million value of a, to, of, of a framework, have to report their carbon. It's right. a pass-fail requirement. Um, they don't necessarily have to reduce it, but they have to report They it. have to report and or. They, they, they have to have a strategy for reducing it. Oh, so it's
0: not just reporting.
1: it's not just reporting. it's this is where this is where we are now mm. this is we need to be at net zero by 2030 to, we want to be at net zero by 2030, 2035, 2050 at the latest mm. because that is the point in which the country aims to be at net zero. So they have to say where they are now when they're going to achieve net zero and what is their trajectory for doing that. So interim interim targets. And what what specific actions they are going to implement right. to achieve
0: that? Wow! And so, th- do they tend to have in-house expertise to do that? No,
1: they most of them most uh, of the businesses we're dealing with uh, do not know how to do that. So this is where um, they use us, uh, and we're increasingly being used as com- companies as their carbon accountants. Right, it, just in the same way that they have a financial accountant that does a. Tax returns every year and their, 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 their annual accounts every year. We so, lots of SMEs
0: listening won't realize that there's, in these larger companies, this need to do that. And as yeah. you say, almost equivalent to the financial accounting, you yeah. need the, the carbon
1: accounting bit. Exactly. You, you can't just
0: Google? I use certain kilowatt hours of electricity, therefore put that under the box.
1: It is a lot more complicated than that, um, always. Um, even for public sector contract work below that threshold, um some local authorities are voluntarily adopting a carbon strategy or the presence of a carbon strategy as a pass fail right or if if not a pass fail there is a score yeah associated with it this is the below the five mil- below
0: the below the five million um Is that Uh, the other one you talked about then? You said there were two uh, areas where this is triggered. One is the public sector. No,
1: the other other one is is within the supply chain to some of the larger PLCs. Um, As an example, um, we've worked with a tomato grower um, Mm -hmm. in the Vale of Evesham. They supply tomatoes to two of the top supermarkets those supermarkets have mandated to these suppliers that they must report their carbon and must show their carbon reduction strategy.
0: Wow, okay. So even reasonably small businesses, if they're supplying a large enough business with yep. that attitude. And I guess I've seen that before with things like modern slavery reporting or, or other yep. aspects that are only mandated on larger firms. They have this either intention or, or requirement to pass that, yep. that spirit down the supply
1: chain. Exactly. So carbon reporting is coming down the line. Um, it's already there for the larger frameworks, for the larger business. It's coming down the line okay. um, for, for SMEs. So a
0: bit like with IR35, the the tax reporting that started with larger firms and it's gradually coming down now. It's 10 million above yeah. and it'll soon be lower. You see the same happening yeah.
1: with even it'll get to SMEs at some point? E- exa- exactly. Very soon, do you think? I would say within the next five years.
0: Wow, okay. So companies could be listening to this and just think, well, I'll wait till it hits me. Is there a benefit in doing it sooner?
1: Uh, ap- ap- absolutely uh, ap- ap- yeah we talked earlier about what is the the, the business problem mm. um, the business problem is cost um, the business opportunity um, or the business opportunities are the fact that um, f- firstly consumers are increasingly wise um, and actively seeking out businesses with with good Environmental track records, good sustainability targets, able to show progress towards meeting those sustainability, carbon, call it what you will. Um, so there's 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 a, a good marketing element to that, I, I, and there's anecdotal evidence that that customers are more um, more sympathetic and more loyal to businesses which ha- can show and share their their net zero carbon sustainable journey. So there's that whole customer retention benefit
0: okay now i've seen that and regular listeners of the podcast we know we talk about beer quite a lot and i've seen on the brew dog uh branding and all of their marketing they're very much making a play of the fact yep. that they are a negative carbon yep. business so the more beer you buy the better it is for the planet yep. a great strap line, you know now is, is, is that it it greenwashing a, or is that really a thing
1: uh, i couldn't speak specifically about brew dog um because I, I don't know their strategy, I, I, I don't know their messaging, but it's certainly in principle, it's a very, very strong marketing message. Well, they um, splash it
0: all over their packaging, so I, I guess they must be working. They, that.
1: they, they do. Um, we talked about greenwashing. Where where we fit in with businesses uh, is actually putting the meat behind those bones, making sure that actually what they're claiming is absolutely bulletproof. Right, absolutely. So open you're a bit like an independent kind of auditor,
0: not quite with the same regulatory backing as an accounting auditor, but nevertheless in in the zero carbon world.
1: It, it, exactly, we, we enable SMEs to say, "Look, these aren't our words; these are the words from our external." expertise yeah. i don't like being called an expert but our external experts in in, in this field so exactly it's it's a second pair of eyes it's a second opinion and
0: are there standards or regulatory frameworks even at a lower level that you and other companies in your space have to adhere to or is it still very much relying on professionalism and uh, integrity
1: no there aren't well there are there are standards there are, there are vol- voluntary standards um without boring you we we do our carbon reporting to a a, a Global standard called PAS twenty sixty and PAS twenty six like a BSI standard. Right. Uh, um, so there are there are standards to this, and and, and we adopt that standard. So it's
0: important. That if anybody listening <coughs> wanted to go down this road earlier than they're mandated to, don't just ring up your mate who said in the pub that he might be able to do it for you. There is a standard. To-
1: yeah, I mean th- there are there are web based tools that businesses, people, householders, and businesses can use right to to do this. Um, we've looked at those. We've tried one of them. Um, for, we tried it for a year. Um, it was very, very limited. Okay. Um, uh, and so it gets you started on the journey, maybe, but to do it properly, you need to... To, to do it properly and, and to actually stand by it because what you don't know with some of these web-based platforms is what data sits behind it. What conversion factors are they using? What database? It's all are they hidden using? away in the world. That's all hidden yeah. away. You can't interrogate that. So that's why we, we looked at those. We tried one and thought, no, we can do this better. We could be much more transparent. We could be much more detailed. We can go into all sorts of weird and wonderful issues, emissions that businesses have that these standard databases can't cope with. Um, and we always find something in businesses which is a bit not,
0: different, not right? standard. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, Whereas these standardized approaches, they, 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 they don't give you the full. Mm. They can't give you the full story, which is why we. we well, it's we an interesting do it, do thought it.
0: then that this this mandated reporting, which you are already seeing through the supply chain for the big companies and the public sector procurement, that's coming down anyway. So we're all going to be experiencing this at some point in the future. So that's good. I wanted to ask a bit more. Like we said earlier on, this is the business uh, growth podcast. We're looking to find out how businesses are growing. I'm interested in your experience growing your business, the clean tech. Business now, what what sort of things are you finding works when you're trying to get the attention of companies out there, whether they be the startup sector you talked about, or the SMEs, or even the the uh, zero carbon reporting type customers? How how are you getting attention?
1: What we find works um, is educating them. Um, peop- people have all heard of this stuff. Mm. They may have differing views on on how it impacts them, mm. um, but this. Uh, we need to educate the market. And this is where people start to listen to us. Um, they might know that they have a problem with heat loss in their building, but they might not know how to address it. They might be aware of a technology, but might not know how that technology can be applied to their business. So we're, we we approach it very much education, thought leadership. Um, we where, don't,
0: where do you do that? How do you get that message out? Uh, we're
1: not as active as we possibly should be on linkedin uh we find that quite uh, and, and other social media firms we we our, our approach is direct contact right um it's direct contact it's um referrals mm-hmm. from from our wider network because uh, our team is networked with many other business right. uh, advisors who are in businesses advising them in general terms um, but we, we're there as their specialist partner in advising businesses on carbon sustainability. So we have a strong referral team um, across the country of, of business advisors who already have the relationships. Oh, I see. With the businesses. So
0: we talked earlier about the larger companies that need to include zero carbon reporting, for example, They don't have the expertise in-house when they start asking around for a help. You get referrals from that type of
1: yeah, exactly. So, so they they might be bid writers who are working for oh, these right, companies. Yeah. They may be there may be R and D tax specialists who have these. Yeah. these uh, so it's
0: key things. intermediaries in your market. You need to keep close to for that.
1: I, 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 exactly, and we're, we're very well networked uh, in that respect. But we also do a bit of direct um, direct marketing. Right. Um, so so I send out a newsletter, email style, an email style newsletter. Um, Is that more aimed at the SME market? Yes, then? Abso- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, um,
0: um, how does that land? It's, everybody tries email marketing, and of course, in the early days, it was more successful than now. It's yeah. How do you punch through and, and cut through all the noise of everybody else trying to send their newsletter out?
1: I think it's uh, being patient. Right. Um, we don't expect, never expected, the phone to start ringing after the first mm. newsletter. We didn't expect the phone to ring after the second mm. newsletter, yeah, or the third. These things take time. Yeah. Uh, it's it's drip 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 feeding of information. Starting to um, people start to recognise your name in their email feed yeah. after six or seven interactions. It takes that many, so it's it's patience, um, and it's providing them with not the hard sell, mm. not. Here we are this is what we've done this is how good we are it's providing that information that they need have you thought about this here's this technology you might not have heard of this technology here's this piece of industry news there's a grant scheme available for your heating system for businesses mm. yeah well, i didn't know that that's useful information that's useful yeah. information i thought it was only for domestic households no you, it's for small businesses too well. so there's that that kind of useful information Um, have you thought about this, have you thought about these technologies here's some market research for example which says that um, businesses which have uh, strong sustainability and ambitious net zero targets are better able to recruit and retain talent well i wanted to come on to that these other aspects these other benefits
0: of having gone down this route we've talked about the hard-nosed cost saving or good returns on investment like the solar panel people you talked also about the impact to your market and the fact that customers whether it be bulldog or or tomato producers you they they can get
1: customers it's a good differentiator and most businesses many businesses now need an angle to yeah. be different, and it's an excellent differentiator. Yeah.
0: But you mentioned there then the employee angle, rather than just the, the customers, let's say, or the investment side. So, are you seeing that across the board? Does are we seeing a generational difference?
1: There, there absolutely is, and this has been researched, um, researched in the UK uh, and both in the UK and the US labor markets, um, and there is evidence to say that the 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 younger generation, um, let's say up to sort of 40 year olds so what is that the millennials and generation z I I keep getting my genders mixed up I get my genders mixed up but certainly the younger generation make active choices when they're looking at employees it's it's uh it's a it's a seller's market at the moment isn't it so young yeah particularly that generation are able to make active choices about who they work for um who they work for who which university they study at yeah uh, and this is now a material consideration um, in those choices. So the businesses which have good um, ESG policies and ap- and can show good progress um, towards meeting things like net zero start um, net zero targets have demonstrably better chance of not just recruiting staff but retaining staff.
0: Yeah, no, I can imagine that certainly. As you say, with a million vacancies in the country at the moment, and it's a uh, Definitely an employees market, isn't it? Exactly, hard to fill the vacancies.
1: Yeah. I, I, exactly, um, and the the other element, the other benefit is salability. When when a business comes to business owner wants to sell the business on, um, if they own the premises, a premises which is has low energy costs. Mm-hmm. Um, which is highly sustainability it has much more value than a leaky old. Um, Both uh, from a
0: hard nosed commercial standpoint, but also the fact that it can be badged as exactly a, as that, a lower that, carbon building.
1: Yeah, so 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 that that business when it comes to, to to selling a business, a properly sustainable business with ambitious targets and and a strong track record is worth more money. Mm. Mm. It's, it's, it's as simple as that.
0: It's really interesting. Well, we've covered quite a lot there, kind of everything from the growing of two businesses that you've talked to us, to us about and also the impact it's going to have on various SMEs that's coming soon, you know, sometime yep. in the next five years. Yep. And lots of tips there. But on the,
1: the, the, opp- the opportunity for any SME is there. It's a business opportunity. Um, London School of Economics um, predict that um, net zero is a £1 trillion business opportunity for UK PLC. My goodness. Um the big boys will take a lot of that, but the SMEs, um, it, it's a massive opportunity for, for SMEs up to up to up to PLCs. Yep. It's that that's the opportunity for small businesses. We're there to help SMEs try and get a slice of that one trillion one trillion opportunity.
0: Brilliant. Well, best of luck with it, and thank, thank you very you. much for coming in, that's thank for really, you That's been really very Th- interesting. Th- totally enjoyed that. That's great. Thanks. So you've been listening to the SME Growth Podcast from Wellmado, and you've heard a number of different points there in that discussion that relate to topics that we've covered in previous podcasts. So we've certainly heard a bit about buyer personas and the fact that with two or three clear different market segments, you've got to address each of them very differently. We've talked about internal marketing and understanding how some of the work that we do uh, impacts on recruitment, for example. So lots of different angles there. Uh, nurturing, we talked about nurturing the contacts that you've got without selling to them until ready to buy so we covered that in our growth generator podcast so hopefully you have a chance to listen to some of our other podcasts and as every week i ask you to do please subscribe and follow to our podcasts on spotify or apple or, or wherever else you get your podcasts from and more importantly tell your business colleagues and friends what we're doing it's a weekly podcast picking different subjects that hopefully are of interest especially around sme businesses looking to grow so thank you very much again for listening and good luck with your business